This is Growth Decoded to Go, a podcast from a show that helps you grow your business by figuring out the customer experience, one piece at a time. We do this to share our findings with you, wherever you are. Because this podcast is only the audio portion of the show, there might be some references to visuals. But don't fret, because we've included links to the video version of the show in the podcast description. All right, let's get into it. Hello, and welcome back to Growth Decoded, a show designed to help you help your customer have a better experience whenever they choose to do business with your business. I'm your host, Ernie Santarelli. Welcome to today's episode. Today, we're taking a look at the holiday season and the end of the calendar year. And more specifically, how do you plan for the holiday season and the end of the calendar year? Now, the holidays are a huge season for retail, for e-commerce, and for outdoor string lights. The end of the year can be a stressful time for getting last-minute deals over the line, for reporting on how your business did over the last 12 months, and then for figuring out what in the name of Seth Godin you're going to do next year. This period of time is characterized by deals, by discounts, by sales so big and important that they have their own days named after them. Black Friday, Cyber Monday, Small Business Saturday, Giving Tuesday. This season is an opportunity to get your business in the game, to get a piece of that proverbial pie in the form of new or repeat customers. Tis the season to build awareness about your brand, to create some buzz with a discount or an offer or a campaign. And it's a chance to give your customers a buying experience so good that they'll come back again and again and again, and they'll tell their friends about it. But as we know, both for this year and for last year, the world looks and behaves a bit differently than it has in the past. 2020 brought a whole new holiday season experience with new predictions based on the changing landscape and a completely new way of shopping. In 2021, we have a year of pandemic holiday season experience under our belts, and many of those trends from 2020 still hold true as we move into this year's season. Are there differences? Yeah, a few. For one, we've had time to acclimate and build out strategies for the different ways that people are buying now. But what hasn't changed? Well, there are still quite a few unknowns for every country or state. There are labor shortages and shipping and production delays, though this year even more so when it comes to the supply chain. However, we know these things exist. You know the importance of getting ahead of the holiday season, and this can help you better prepare so that your business can finish 2021 strong. Now let's take a look at this year's landscape in context. According to eMarketer, total retail spending in 2020 was up 6.5% overall, while e-commerce jumped a whopping 32.5%. Predictions for 2021 are forecasting another 11.3% increase in e-commerce growth. According to Retail Me Not, consumers say that they will do 51% of their shopping online and 49% of their shopping in stores this holiday season. It's basically half and half. The hybrid holiday shopping experience. Half live, half in person. What does this mean for you as a business? First of all, it has to be easy to buy from you. That means as close to a frictionless customer experience as possible, whether your customers are in person or they're online. You have to make sure that you're set up to gather customer information, to automate processes, and to follow up with all of your customers, no matter if you have sold to them at a pop-up shop, at your brick and mortar location, over the phone, on Instagram, or through your online store. But this show isn't just about e-commerce businesses. The holidays are big for all kinds of businesses. With half of all holiday shopping done online, you now have to compete for attention, for traffic, for conversions, in a whole new arena, the online arena. One out of every two purchases for the holidays will be done via online shopping. If you've relied on in-store shopping in the past, 
you might need to adapt. If you're a smaller business looking to make a splash, you have an opportunity and a huge market of consumers. If you're a non-e-commerce or retail business, that doesn't mean that you can't participate. More people will be online than ever. And digital or non-physical products or services are just as marketable as something that ships in the mail. This means your marketing efforts and campaigns might have to change if you want to get in on the action. The key word here is plan. Make a plan for which special events or holidays you're going to focus your campaign around. Plan out what you're going to do. Is it a sale? Is it an event? Is it something else? Plan out what you're going to send and when you're going to send it. When is it too early? When is it too late? What else is going on that might detract from the attention or expectations that folks have about the holidays or the end of the year? How can you play into those expectations? Maybe you can't, and that's okay, because sometimes the best holiday campaign is one that you're running internally to get your business organized and aligned for the end of the year and the start of the next. The holidays are also the finale to the end of the calendar year, and no matter what kind of business you are, you'll want to wrap up the year so that you can hit the ground running in the new year. So here's what we're gonna do today. We're gonna talk through the holidays and the end of the year. We're gonna cover when you should start planning, things that you can do now, things to consider for this year, best practices, common mistakes, and then what to do after the holidays and the end of the year. And to do this, we're gonna hear from a couple of guests. First, you're gonna hear from Milena and Jovana Voynich from Bumper Leads, a marketing agency out of Australia. You're also going to hear from Brandon Kirkland from Epic Shops, a digital marketing agency out of Southern Oregon in the United States. And now I am joined by Jovana and Milena Voynich of Bumper Leads. Um, they are joining us all the way from Australia, so this is very exciting for us. We're actually talking to each other in two different days, which is kind of a, a new thing for Growth Decoded. But uh, Jovana, Milena, welcome to Growth Decoded. Oh, thank you. We're so excited to be here. And now I am joined by Brandon Kirkland. Uh, Brandon is the founder and chief strategist for Epic Shops, which is a digital agency that helps businesses sell more online through web design and improving the digital customer experience. Uh, Brandon, welcome to Growth Decoded. Thanks. Thanks, Ernie. All right. Now that we've met our guests, let's get into it. When should you start planning for your holiday campaigns and for the end of the year? How long does it take to run an effective campaign? So in general, depending on the type of company, three to four months ahead, uh, and that's just kind of a generic term. So I'll, uh, I'll expand. So with that said, um, this year is going to be different. It's going to be tricky because there's new uh, competitor out there that uh, we've all been uh, forced to face and um, it's online and offline. And that new competitor is the order it is. Uh, yeah. Is it, is it COVID? Logistics, logistics uh, no, the supply chain. So this is something that we're all competing against and figuring out. So um, I think that is a, a key part to the success of uh, any. Uh, so to think three to four months ahead is not just to think about your campaigns, but also think about how logistics is going to play a big part in that. Um, so that would be that. Um, so. Uh, to expand on that more, you know, focusing on backorder specials, pre-order specials, buy now, pay later, uh, fear of missing out, FOMO messaging. Um, you know, stores are really going to have to up their game when it comes to merchandising and inventory control. 
uh, retailers who have used are just going to, you know, be content with using kind of a cookie cutter uh, campaign approach that they used last year, you know, 40% off or whatever. It's not going to work like that. And it can get them in some big trouble too. Um, it, uh, so I think a lot of things uh, when it comes to planning this year, there's going to be more than just thinking about the, the traditional thoughts, but it's that supply chain and okay. um, yeah. So COVID is kind of the answer, but um, even, you know, more specific, the logistics of the supply chain. Is there, is there a particular time of the year? Do you think it's, it's best to start planning for the end of the year? Is it before October? Is it before Q4? Like when, when should businesses start getting this in their, in their minds? Oh, I think uh, every 90 days we should be planning because things change so quickly as we've realized, you know, we have to be agile. And that's why we love uh, using Active Campaign because it's so agile. You can do so much with the database um, and how you how you uh, work with the database. But also planning, uh, you know, every ninety days because things just so change so quickly. You need to be able to uh, pivot very quickly as well. Um, so if you've been running the same old campaigns and same old, um, you know, doing the same things every ninety days, I think time it's time for you to do some. Uh, maybe we call A-B split testing, uh, change the subject line, <laughs> change the design or the hero image of this website or do something different. Um, it really small changes can make big differences. And we normally give, let's say, if you want to test a strategy, marketing strategy, we allow 90 days to see results of that strategy. Uh, so even if it's a um, social media promo or if it's a Facebook ad you're running, uh, you wanna you wanna give it ninety days. So being the end of the year, sh- nothing should change really. Uh, you should probably now is a great time, I would say, to start uh, setting a goal maybe for the next uh, three months. At the by the end of the year, what you want to do, and then use this time to test your strategy. Um, if you wanna get more, if you wanna build a database, start doing something around that you have plenty of time until the end of the year to build your database. That's what I would do. Hmm. So, so planning for the end of the year, it never really ends. It should always yeah, just right? kind of, <laughs> no. just kind of be a thing that you're always doing. Right. Because you think, Oh, it's the end of the year. Maybe I should just relax. No, <laughs> <laughs> every three months you have to do something. So yeah. It's... Your, your competition is not relaxing. <laughs> yeah. Your competition is not relaxing. Holiday campaigns take quite a bit of time and planning to get in place. Brandon says three to four months, and Jovanna and Milena say that the planning never really begins or ends. This year will also look a bit different, even more so than last year because of the recent supply chain and logistics situation. Shipping times are longer, inventory is lower, but customer expectations might be the same. So communication will be critical during this holiday season to ensure that you're setting expectations that accurately reflect the situation at hand. You can get out ahead of that by beginning those communications and having those conversations now. Your end-of-the-year campaign, ideally, is a continuation of the marketing activities that you've been doing all year. They're just applied to the holiday season. Now, this reminds me of something that our friend and best-selling author, John Jan, said at Content Marketing World. Do we have that clip somewhere? Do you have any advice for business owners or companies or marketing departments in terms of uh, getting prepared for the holidays? Yeah, start in the summer. I mean, they, you know, that's part of the challenge with that is there's this big time. And for a lot of businesses, maybe it's 70% of their revenue, right? I mean, they're very dependent on this big time. And they always wait till like, okay, what are we going to do now? Right. And, and I think that it's like a lot of things. You actually start planting the seeds. You are actually start building relationships 
all year long. Um, that's going to give you the opportunity then to to maybe send ten emails in a you know in a month or something when that would feel a, you know a little heavy uh, if you did that all the time. So you you sort of earn the right to get extra promotional in that time when people their intent to buy is really high, but it's a year long thing. It's not something that you just gear up for in Q4. You prepare for the holiday campaign all year with targeted communications, with segmentation, and a focus on building a relationship with your audience. Running your holiday campaign could be just like running any other promotional campaign or sale by using the information that you have available to you from your contacts. Information like page visits, like link clicks, interactions with your website, or other actions that they might take across your marketing channels. Things like email, social media profiles, or landing pages. Now, speaking of John, he just wrote and released a new book called The Ultimate Marketing Engine. Next week, we're sitting down with him for a live webinar and conversation. So if you're interested in learning John's innovative framework for blending marketing, sales, and service efforts together to attract and retain your ideal customers, you can sign up for that webinar now. Okay, we understand that you might not have all that information readily available to you. You might not have any of it. You might just be getting started or you might be somewhere in between getting started and the ideal state where you've been doing all the right things for a long time. So what then? What can you do now? What things can you start working on to get a head start on next year or to still get some traction this year? And what about those shipping and delivery times? What can you do to plan for the unique challenges that this year presents? Let's take a listen. As it stands, you know, we're in, in mid to late October um, when this episode is going to come out. So obviously three to four months is we've sort of passed that point. Are there things that online stores or businesses can do to sort of, you know, I don't, obviously we can't get totally in front of this thing now with the timeline that you laid out, but is there anything that they can do at this point in time that might help them out, you know, before we get to the, the full swing of the holiday season? Um, so when it comes to their like holiday campaigns, I would, uh, some things that I would keep in mind are, you know, keep it simple, show your unique value proposition immediately. Um, don't make the customer have to figure out, um, instantly show them that UVP, the unique value proposition. Um, uh, even uh, more important is using a remarketing email software um, like ActiveCampaign, Remarketing, Klaviyo. Uh, so customers are receiving emails that are actually, you know, make sense to them that's customized. Um, and and something also is the retention marketing. Um, you know, it might only be a month out till Black Friday or whatever, or six weeks out or whatever. Um, but retention marketing, you know, how to get them to come back is so important to start thinking about now too. So uh, I think it's 60 to 70% of your loyal customers will come back. Um, don't forget about those guys because retention marketing strategy uh, backed with email remarketing software, like I mentioned before, uh, you can easily target current customers, segment them, find out what they love, um, and automate that uh, for an easy sale. So the end of the year uh, for the non-ecom businesses is not really uh, the end of the year so much what they have to do. It's every year what they have to do is just look at their automations, look at their campaigns inside Active Campaign, uh, look at the performance of each uh, campaign, how the emails were tracking. Uh, if it's end of the year, I guess you can take a, a snapshot of the last 12 months and look at how each email has been performing, where you can tweak, uh, where you can improve, uh, what people have been reading the most, uh, what were they resonating with, and uh, you can then make decisions and make plans for the next year. So mm -hmm. I would take that opportunity as a non-e-com business 
honored to look at the reports and start thinking about the next year, what we can do to improve for next year. I, I also want to add to that, that, you know, there's a big thing in the B2B, let's say B2B environment, non-e-commerce business is this concept of personalization, uh, segmentation. Uh, and, you know, I, I find that a lot of businesses don't use those um, features, not within just active campaign, but also strategically thinking about them. Um, and the only kind of um, analogy that I can share uh, could be an e-commerce analogy, but if they can just take that away and apply it in their business, but it's imagining you walking through a shop and you're standing, maybe a target or something, um, and you're standing in front of like a jean where they sell jeans, jeans aisle, and you hear a broadcast and a broadcast message says, oh, we've got 20% off jeans. And as, as a shopper, you're walking, you know, you're just walking along and you ignore those sounds. It's like white noise, isn't it? Um, but if you imagine having a, a shop assistant coming in and uh, telling you that you're while you're in the jeans aisle, hey, did you know that 20%, you know, we have a 20% sale and here's a coupon that you can use to, uh, you know, to claim this discount. And mm. wouldn't you want to pay attention to that? You would be highly likely interested in that offer. Uh, so we can use technology, we can use active campaign and uh, technology to execute exactly that. And it can be for an e-commerce business, for a, a B2B, a SaaS business. Uh, we could merge what's happening outside of active campaign and bring that into active campaign. Uh, and so building that whole, I always say like a 360 degree view of your customer mm-hmm. um, and use active campaign data to then review what you can do better for next year. So, so with these longer shipping times and, and delivery times, um, is there what can businesses do to kind of get in front of that issue? You know, if they do foresee that the products are going to take longer, how do they? Is there a best practice or any advice for communicating that to your customers? Where where can they best do that? Again, um, so coming up with a really good um, uh, strategy based around you know your marketing strategy in the past is like well what do we do forty percent off who do we send this what do we have inventory it's really going to be um, uh, you have to really think about that supply chain and logistics so I think it goes back to coming up with some out of the box ideas of like um, buy now pay later um, early now get two for free um, I mean uh, you use a fear of missing out I mean right now you know, everybody's watching the news and they're seeing these big cargo ships off of LA and they can't come in. So, I mean, (laughs) I hate to say it, but use that fear of missing out saying, Hey, you know what, if you want this, we've got 13 left and it's only October. And, you know, a lot of the, you know, the, the news and people online are, are are saying, if you're going to order Christmas stuff, you better order it now because it's going to be gone. Um, Mm. So using that kind of fear of missing out messaging also is coming out. You can set yourself up for success by taking stock of the year, as Milena and Giovanna said. What worked for you? What didn't? Take a look at the content that you put out that resonated with your audience and performed the best. Identify those campaigns or products or offers or processes and what they yielded. Which ones yielded the most for you? Use that information to guide your future content. There's also no rule that says your holiday campaign has to be a sale or a deal. It could be an internal campaign to take a good hard look at your business over the last 12 months and see what worked and what didn't. That's going to go a long way towards next year's success. Now, as an example, last year, ActiveCampaign released a cookbook. That's right, a cookbook. 
the only customer experience automation platform to release an honest-to-goodness cookbook featuring actual family recipes from actual marketing influencers alongside automation recipes. We called it the Home for the Holidays campaign, and it was something out of the ordinary and fun. It worked for us. And you can check out all of those recipes, both the automation and the food recipes, by Googling Active Campaign Home for the Holidays. Now, of course, your holiday campaign could be a sale or a deal. And as Brandon had mentioned, you might think about getting creative with how you frame it. We've heard some things to consider for this year, but what are some other things that businesses can do to carry the momentum of the year into the next year? Or what are some things that they should be considering if they're trying something new? And, and you kind of highlighted it with the, with the making a donation or just some things that are kind of like around that idea, kind of playing into the energy of the holidays and maybe energizing their own employees or, or maybe working to energize their customers. Or is there anything that like you have seen that, or that you guys like to do that kind of push yourselves into the new year? Well, we like, I mean, we've noticed with some clients of ours, it's not so much gift giving, but doing a webinar that solves a problem for your customer. And it's not a, it's a free thing. It's free value they get, I guess, if you mm. will. Um, and it's, uh, and it's also a way to keep in touch and stay front of mind. Uh, it's not as impersonal as email. It's almost face to face. Yeah, you do a live webinar where you solve a problem for a customer and that way you can help them. Again, it can work in favor when you're launching new products or programs for next year. So people will remember you. Right. Um, but I have seen some other companies, uh, with other clients that we deal with, um, especially in the B2B, that would actually set up um, dedicated kind of team meetings where they'll pick a client and then they'll just talk about how can we do things better for this particular client? Let's innovate. Let's do something outside of the box. Uh, you know, we've done all these strategies that we've done, but for, for a client, let's do something really crazy and different. And that usually makes a massive difference, obviously, for the client. Uh, but you could do uh, some really crazy things with um, just different ideas and innovation. Like, how, how can you innovate more in the next year? And I think that also becomes more like a fun activity for the, for the uh, team, um, but also makes it uh, a fun thing for the client as well. Yeah. I just remember yeah. what we did. Uh, we did uh, at, um, just as a bumper list thing, we did a WeTube challenge <laughs> for us because we are not that we are not that active on YouTube. Okay. So we did a WeTube challenge where we each one of us has to produce five videos for YouTube to upload. <laughs> and we did it as a challenge. It was a fun activity and it was well, you know, it contributed to bumper leads as well because we are promoting bumper leads that way. I love that. Digital events are a great way to take advantage of the energy of the holiday season. I mean, we're all here right now, aren't we? Creating video content as a year in review is a great way to celebrate your accomplishments, to highlight your customers and say thank you to your employees and your team. I love the idea of creating a brainstorm session to come up with ways to go above and beyond for some of your customers. Celebrate them, delight them, and let them know that you care and appreciate them. Now, you might be a business that has traditionally operated in-store and in-person, or maybe you're just looking to do more business online as more and more consumers turn to online shopping for the holidays. So what can you do then? With more people than, you know, turning to online shopping, specifically since the beginning of the pandemic, I mean, this will be the second uh, iteration of the holiday season that we've kind of been under or in this, this era. 
And, and I've seen some studies that are now splitting it, you know, 50-50 in terms of in-store versus online shopping. Are, are, there, are there other things that businesses can do to maintain like a positive experience that maybe have relied mostly on retail or in-store that are now shifting to online? What, it, what are things that they should probably be doing to, to maintain the positive experience for their customers? <laughs> I'm going to sound like a broken record, but um, on these companies really need to focus on the customer experience, working towards a more uh, customized experience. Uh, like I said, the future of e-commerce is segmentation, customization, and automation. Yeah. And you really have, if you can focus on those three things um, and really nurture your customers, um, like with loyalty programs or really listening to their feedback um, uh, and being able to pivot um you know, I think that that's something, some strategies that companies can do to use to help them. Yeah, absolutely. Customization, segmentation, personalization, automation. That's a whole lot of Asian. You might associate those words with some other Asian words like frustration or intimidation or aggravation. You might need to head to the bus station to go on vacation just to get some relaxation. All right, I, I digress. Enough with the Asians. In summation, eh, those things don't have to be hard. In fact, they're easier now than they've ever been. It's just a matter of setting up the right processes and then building from there. Your holiday campaign ideally is the culmination, all right, I literally can't stop, of all the information, I mean, come on, that you've gathered throughout the year. You've organized it and you've put it to use in the form of relevant content and targeted messaging at an audience you know is engaged and active. In other words, you're saying the right things to the right people to get them to take action. And you know that they're the right things and the right people because you've been listening to them all year. The importance of knowing your customer cannot be overstated. It's critical to the success of your business and will benefit every action that you take because every action that you take as a business should be working towards benefiting your customers. So what are some other things that you can do to help your business out during the holiday period? I think that, again, customizing the emails, you know, making that uh, the uh, unique value proposition, making it customized. You're going to hear me maybe say that a lot today. Yeah. You know, customization, making it customized. And, you know, the, the, the future of, you know, e-commerce is customized segment and automation. So the, um, you're going to hear me say that a lot. So if you're talking about best practices, um, I would move towards something in, in that sense. And those type of uh, email marketing software like ActiveCampaign um, can help do that. Our customers uh, take this opportunity to ask for referrals uh, mm. for next year, or they uh, actually do customer surveys. So we use Active Campaign to do customer surveys uh, for. It doesn't have to be product specific; it can be customer service specific. So how did we do this year, or for products, what can we improve for the products next year? Shall we offer something else? Maybe there is a gap somewhere where you can create a new product or a new course. I assume non-e-com businesses are creating courses and programs. So <laughs> that's why I'm using those examples. No, I love that a lot. And, and that's something that I think it's often, it gets overlooked, right? You're, you kind of lose the forest for the trees where you're so close to your business that you kind of know, okay, I have to do this thing. I have to do this thing. I have to do this thing. But then you don't really take the time to ask your customers, how, how are we doing? How are we doing at the things that we're actually doing? And what are the things that you would like to see more of? So do you think that that like referral sort of asking your audience for recommendations for what you should do next year, does that have a, a big impact in your experience on your, on your customers or the businesses that they manage? Yeah. Well, uh, you're surprised like, uh, 
what type of answers you get. So this is us working with other clients who are doing this and, and they are also surprised. They don't expect to hear about, uh, I don't know, uh, I can't think <laughs> off the top of my head now, but uh, the answers they assume they get, they don't actually get. It's something completely missed mm. and it's so refreshing when you hear it from the customer from your actual customer, uh, because that's how they see you. That's how they perceive you. This is, they're looking at you objectively. Uh, and uh, yeah, there's just a lot of gold nuggets you can get from those answers. A good example we have is a lady that specializes in selling um, cat, for cat products, you know, mm. for cats. And she always had this assumption that it's only cats because that's what the marketing is. But there's like 10% of her customer base that actually buys it for dogs. Uh, and she, we basically decided to investigate that. And we asked, we used this very simple active campaign form uh, and started to put that in our automations to continuously kind of ask, hey, you know, what, what's your household? What's the environment? How many pets do you have? Are they a cat or a dog or other? And we started to get feedback from customers going, yeah, I have a dog and a cat. I have two dogs. Uh, so it is very interesting to hear that feedback uh, and you and kind of slap on the face you know, for, <laughs> for you as a business owner to go, well, maybe I shouldn't make assumptions about my customers. Yeah. You have, you've said, you know, the, the standard cookie cutter 40% off type sale that you may have relied on in the past might not be the thing that's going to do it for you this year. I mean, we hear a lot about the sale, the Black Friday discount, the Cyber Monday discount, but what about after the sale? I mean, we, you, you had said things about customer retention, but are there other specific things that you've seen or that you like to do or that you like to experience for that matter um, after you've converted or a customer has converted that really does it for you or kind of gets that customer over the line? Yep, for sure. Um, all good, um, successful businesses from whatever, 5,000 years ago when they were selling pottery in Babylon to, to, to today, uh, if you can follow the you know three basic steps, how do you get them there? How do you get them to buy? And how do you get them to come back? Then you'll be successful. So that how do you get them to come back? A lot of companies don't really put time and energy in that. And that's the retention marketing strategy that we've been talking about. Um, your customer lifetime value is so important. Um, and like we talked about before, the, the amount of money it takes to market to a customer who already loves, likes, and trusts you versus a new one, it's not even close. So right. um, I wish companies would pay attention uh, more to kind of that. Um, so, you know, uh, creating, I think throughout the year, creating custom email touch points, remind them, really remind them that you care. Don't just say, we care and here's whatever. Uh, really put some thought into it. Uh, a lot of companies are lazy and it's just easy. Um, but like, for example, a monthly email that shows um, how much credit they've earned via your loyalty program. Uh, maybe a VIP email letting them know, hey, we, we put $20 credit on your account to use at any time um, because you've been a customer for a year or two years. Um, yeah, it's a marketing thing, but it's also, you know, lets the customer know that um, the next time they shop, it's like, oh, but I've got $20 there and it's going to bring them back. So it's a way. And I think money, it's its a cliched, but money talks. And so um, it really <laughs> helps people come back and be loyal. The three pillars, getting them there, getting them to buy and getting them to come back. One thing that always seems to be a big challenge that never gets any easier is awareness. How do you build it? How do you get your message out? How do you let everyone know that you're having a sale in a way that doesn't feel like you're just like you're just yelling into the ether. 
Now, social media advertising is a phenomenal way to get in front of people. People that look exactly like your customers, but just don't know you yet. So what can you do to help with that first pillar of getting people there? How can you get the word out to the right people? So you had mentioned these three pillars, and I want to focus on this first one. How do you get them there? Yeah. If we're thinking about that, a lot of what you know, you'll see for holiday campaigns is advertising or distribution and getting the, the news out about the sale. Do you have any like quick tips on social media advertising? I know that that's been sort of a, an interesting topic you know, in, in regards to recent changes that the social media platforms have made, but um, would that be a strategy that you would you know, put forth or encourage businesses to, to use? Yeah. So, um, so Laura, my marketing manager at Epic is way smarter than me at this. And so um, I, you know, she, uh, I often have to go to her and ask her questions like this. And so uh, I think that, um, you know, advertising on Facebook or Instagram, nobody really advertises. Um, I mean, in general, that's where everybody is at, you know, make sure you have your pixel set up on your website to track it, because if you don't have that, you can't track analytics. You have no numbers and you're just throwing money. Um, so right. you have to track your sales from the ads because you don't know what to compare it to. Um, also, uh, Laura's talking, talks about like making different ads for different audiences, which goes back to me being, you know, repeating myself customization. Um, don't just, you know, spray and pray your, your ads. You need to make custom ads. Don't be lazy, make six ads and then put them to your six different, um, uh, targets or your segments. Um, take it, uh, and she talks about um, uh, also sometimes taking uh, advantage of dynamic ad, uh, dynamic ads. Um, are you familiar with dynamic ads? Um, maybe a little bit, but if, if you so, could. Yeah, yeah. So if you don't have um, time to create like three, four, five, six, seven ads uh, per set, then you can create one with several different assets and content. So you let the platform, uh, Facebook or uh, Instagram, uh, choose the best combination depending on your advertising goals that you set up. So um, it's that sounds a little confusing, but um, it makes total sense. And uh, via the platform's algorithms and knowing, you know, you might as well piggyback onto that to take advantage. Facebook ads, and as Brandon alluded to, Facebook custom audiences are a great tool for marketers and advertisers to get specific about who they want to reach. Never before in the world of advertising has the targeting been so powerful. Now, last season on Growth Decoded, we investigated Facebook custom audiences, and we talked to an ads expert who told us all about custom audiences, what they do, how they do it, and how you can use them. Another way to get them there is to activate your existing audience. Now, take a look at this tip from email marketing expert Chase Diamond. Don't just send one email to your list about your holiday sale or campaign or event. Send a few. Promote it before, promote it during, and promote it after. It's a missed opportunity to just send one or two emails to your list about a big launch or a sale. And it's a common mistake. Now look, I'm not saying that you should bombard your whole list with tons of emails all the time. Far from it. But you should be deliberate with how you promote and inform your contacts. Now this tweet was part of a series of email marketing tips from Chase. So if you're on Twitter and you're looking to learn more, be sure to give Chase a follow. But let's turn our attention back to the holiday season. What are some other common mistakes that you should be on the lookout for? If, if we're thinking about things that businesses normally do at the end of the year, are there any common mistakes that you see or maybe mistakes that, that you have made in the past that you could kind of highlight here, uh, things that you wish you had done differently that others might avoid in the future? 
I think, yeah, we, we often see businesses take time off. <laughs> well, mm. you know, they kind of relax, so they taper off and they become uh, a bit uh, relaxed, too relaxed. And I think there is a massive advantage if you are in a very competitive environment to start actually planning and being ready to launch in February or January, whenever somebody, like in Australia here, businesses come back uh, to, you know, they basically take a month off January. So from uh, last week of December to mid-January, you're pretty much non-existent in the office. Mm. Uh, so during that time, you have this massive opportunity before November or December to do some planning if you want to do some different things, you know, from a strategist perspective and be ready to implement on day one when you start to open because most businesses will come back on the 15th of January and they'll go, okay, we now need to start planning. Right. Okay. So then it takes another month. So then you lose time. And then, yeah. So if you want to be, uh, if you want to take advantage of your competition and just be in front, uh, you could start thinking about implementing things when you come back in January. Well, I can add to that as well. Uh, don't forget to send your customers or contacts emails <laughs> and stay front of mind during this time when you're tapering off or when you're on holidays. Uh, because, you know, you, you need to be in touch. You, you, you can't have them forget about you. It's, in the online world, it's so easy to do if, you, if you're not active for, uh, on an almost daily basis. Um, I'm just going to share an example. Like, for example, with the airlines, I know it's not the end of the year, but right now we can't fly anywhere. Well, in Australia, that's the case. The right. state borders are shut. Uh, yet I still receive emails from airlines um, on a weekly basis. So they're still in touch with me. So that's just a random example of using ma email marketing in the right way, even when the business almost feels down, right? Uh, so during the holiday time, I would recommend the non-e-com clients to not forget about email marketing. We have, that's a great example now. I just remember talking to a client, Milena, uh, where they, because of the shutdowns that we are in, in Australia, we have um, this very competitive uh, industry that they're very fierce competition. But one of the businesses, the competitor of our clients, uh, completely, they're in a different state. They should be opening and running, but they've completely stopped doing social media. They stopped doing any marketing, no emails. While we in Melbourne, where we are locked down and the client is here, they kept doing social media. And, and what they find is that people are finding them because everyone else is kind of at home and doing nothing. So they're planning, your customers are also planning and they're finding them and they're talking to them and they're booking and scheduling and pre-booking and pre-purchasing <laughs> and building that wait list. So when the time is right to open, they'll be ready. Whereas people who are not doing any of that, they kind of don't exist anymore. Mm. They lose that uh, presence. It's so easy to get lost in the online world, right? If we're thinking about that, you know, the, the future of e-commerce that you had just mentioned, those three things, are, are there common mistakes that you see businesses fall into in regards to like approaching those things or trying to move into this new phase or this future? Yeah. So the opposite of that kind of best practice would be kind of a spray and pray campaign. Um, a spray and pray campaign is you, you spray it to all 10,000 of your users and pray that somebody buys something. So it's a horrible way of doing email marketing. It's the way that it's been done. Email marketing is not dead. Email marketing is, is growing. It's your best form of ROI for marketing, um, but you have to do it right. And so a spray and pray campaign is horrible. It's not good. Um, uh, 
So that's why I'm back to customization segment. And, um, and, and so to understand your customers' needs and wants, um, you know, <laughs> everything I'm going to say is, has something to do kind of with that customization piece um, and then messaging um, uh, that misses the mark. So, um, again, all three of those things uh, come back to, you know, you're being lazy um, and you're not really serving the customer and they can see that. It's like, why are they sending me an, uh, an email about sho uh, women's shoes? I only buy men's shoes. And so unsubscribe. And so... Um, We've covered a lot here about the holidays and about the end of the year. You don't have to be an e-commerce business to run a holiday campaign. In fact, some of the most successful holiday or end of year campaigns are from businesses that you wouldn't expect. Your holiday campaign doesn't have to be a sale. It could be a digital event. It could be a way to go above and beyond for your customers. It could be just an internal audit of last year and a jumpstart on the big moves you're going to make next year. But here's what good holiday campaigns and end of year plans have in common. They take into account the variations across your audience. The future of e-commerce, of marketing, is in the personalized customer experience. How can you improve your audience segmentation? What things are you doing now that feel more like one size fits all, or just grouping all of your contacts into one bucket? How well do you know your customers? How much better could you know them? What doors would that open for you if you did know them that much better? As we've heard a few times here, your holiday or end of year planning shouldn't ever stop. So what can you do looking forward after this period of time has ended to help you out in future years? Right now, we're almost towards the end of October, you know, when this episode will air. So are there things that businesses can do now, right? The, the time frame is not that, that great. We don't have a ton of time until the end of the year. But is there, are there things that businesses could, could do now to kind of give them an advantage moving into the next year? I think, I don't know. <laughs> I would say uh, build your list. <laughs> Build your mailing list, uh, do things to build your database of customer potential customers. Um, one thing we notice mostly when we work with clients is they don't have a lead magnet. Most of our clients don't have a lead magnet. Maybe create a lead magnet, uh, do an exit pop-up. That, that's, that's something that uh, businesses can do, non-e-com businesses can also do, is create an exit pop-up that's not too intrusive and it helps you build your email list while you're on holidays. Mm. and sets you up for next year. <laughs> I also think maybe uh, businesses need to think about future-proofing themselves as well mm. because there's so much change happening, especially online. We have seen Facebook algorithms changing, uh, you know, even email marketing uh, algorithms are all changing and thinking about how they can be more um, resilient with these and and I always think about how can you be more immune to these algorithm changes? Um, and to me, it's almost like seeing active campaign or your database with customers as a belly of an octopus. And then everything like the tentacles are basically just the channels to bring the customers in. So thinking about all the ways how you interact with your customers from before they make a purchase, during and after. And if you are looking to grow your business, uh, like many of us want to grow our business, then you really need to start thinking about investing. So if you are, uh, you know, if you're not able to get enough data, what type of plan of active campaign do you need to have? And I always think about, you know, if you're serious about growing your business and you're doing all the paid advertising, you're doing all the organic traffic, you're investing your time, energy and money, then it makes sense to understand exactly the conversion points. So how, how do you convert this customer? How did this lead find you? Uh, it's not just about... Uh, you know, uh, doing and relying on these uh, third-party cookies. 
so it's being very close in terms of understanding your customers. Uh, so yeah. Yeah, so don't rely on the third party borrowed data. So start borrowed building data. your own data of customers. And as I mentioned, also we can tie it back to the email list. Uh, or if you have a CRM with your active campaign, start collecting more information about your customers, not just their emails, and start talking to your customers. A lot of times businesses forget this or they don't even do it. At the end of your holiday season, take notes. What worked? What didn't work? What can you change? What shouldn't you buy? What did? Just take as much notes as you want um, and as you can and then put them away. And then set a reminder on your calendar to look at it a month before you run your campaigns or start. So like uh, late summer, early um, fall and go through that. And you're going to find that it's like a, it's going to be eye opening and it's going to be refreshing and like, oh my goodness, thank goodness I kept that. And then next page, next month, next year. So you can go back and compare over years, but something like that, it doesn't take too long, but I tell you what, you know, eight months later, um, you're going to like pat yourself on the back and say, I was so smart for doing that. Oh, I love that. And that is our show. Thank you so much for stopping by for your time today. Thank you for watching. Thank you to our guests today. Thank you to Brandon Kirkland from Epic Shops. Thank you to Jovana and Milena Voynich from Bumper Leads. Thank you to John Jantz for stopping by and hanging out with us at Content Marketing World. Uh, other than that, stay tuned for the next episode when we investigate site tracking. We will see you in a couple of weeks. Go forth and automate. Thanks for listening to Growth Decoded to Go. For the latest updates on Growth Decoded and links to the live show, you can sign up to be a part of the Grow team at activecampaign.com slash events slash growth hyphen decoded.